Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. Hey, thank you guys so much for coming, coming back and for joining us. Y'all give them a hand. They are incredible. They sound awesome. And I love, they have just prepared us for what God's going to do tonight. And I love that we'll get to continue to worship after this, after D groups. Hey man, back off bro. This is my time now. I'm just kidding. It's not about me. Sometimes it is. Hey, welcome to week three. Welcome to week, week three. This is week three of our series, Uncompromising, the series where we're going into the book of Daniel and we're learning what it looks like to live an uncompromising life. See what I did there? It makes sense. We're talking about what it looks like to stand and see with a biblical worldview. That's what we're doing. That's the whole point of this series. So the first week we were here, and, and, and we were introduced to Daniel, and we were introduced to his three, his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Don't name your kids that. Um, and, and we were introduced to these three friends, who we're actually going to talk about those three guys tonight. But uh, we learned that these, these four were offered the best that Babylon had to offer, the best that the king had to offer, and they said no. And so from that, for us, our takeaway from that was that we are called to say no to what the world has to offer us because we believe, because we know that what God offers is better because what God offers is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And last week we were here and, and we, were, uh, we talked about King Nebuchadnezzar and this crazy dream that he had. We talked about this crazy dream and we talked about how Daniel responded to this dream, how his first response to, to this, the fact that the king had a dream and that if nobody could interpret it, that he was going to have everybody killed, all the wise men killed. His first response was to pray. He prayed because God has authority over all. Because God has authority over all, he, he, let, uh, he let King Nebuchadnezzar know that in this dream, God's kingdom was going to fall and destroy all the kingdoms of the world. Why? Because God has authority over all. And we know that because God has authority over all, he is faithful. So that's where we are right now. We're in week three. So tonight we're going to talk about God's glory. We're going to talk about God's glory and how it affects our worldview, how, how it help, uh, helps us to live uncompromising. And here's why we're talking about God's glory, because we live in a world today where it's all about us, where it's all about our glory, where we want to be glorified. We want to be praised for our accomplishments. We want to be known. We want to be liked. I mean, just think about th- th- this fact that most of us in here, are, we're obsessed with social media. We're obsessed with social media for no other reason than we want to see how many likes we get, how many views we have, how many, if you're on Twitter like I am, how many retweets you get. And then you get, here's the best part, when, when you're like me, because I'm in this too, when you're addicted to social media, you get mad when your picture or something doesn't get the amount of likes you think it deserves. For example, I posted this incredible pic on, on Wednesday night, Halloween, of my family, 
in our superhero get like outfits. And you did like it there, and I thank you for it. I thank you. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not asking for your favor right now. This isn't time to go, I liked it, Emilio. I don't care now. The point is, I'm still like today. I went back to that picture today. And it's still like, it has over 200 likes, which I'm not trying to brag. I'm not. But here's the thing. It deserves 300. Like I'm, I'm legit mad at everybody that didn't like this picture. There's a thousand people that follow me. And only 200, I'm like, guys, this right here, thank you, thank you. I mean, it's right here. But that's the thing. It's all about us. It's all about our glory, our likes. We want to be praised. And, and that attitude, that mindset that we each have comes from our sense of pride. It comes from our sense of pride that comes as a result of the fall, as a result of our brokenness, as a result of the fact that sin absolutely consumes us. So tonight we're going to talk about how God is, is glory and how despite us, God redeems us. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And to do that, we're going to be in Daniel 3, which, this is crazy, picks up right after Daniel 2. Like it's, it's the weirdest thing. But here, here's really what the craziest part about this, other than the fact that 3 follows 2. If you do math, you understand that. But here's the crazy thing. If, if you remember from last week in King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he had a dream about a statue, about this image. The head was made of gold, and, and Daniel told him, hey, this, this head made of gold, that represents Babylon. And it would have arms and a chest made of silver, uh, a core of bronze, legs of iron and clay. So that's the dream. God interp- or Daniel interprets it and, and says, hey, you know, God's kingdom is going to come. It's going to destroy this statue. So here's where chapter 3 picks up. You know what, Dan- what, what King Nebuchadnezzar does? You know what he does? You want to know? He has a statue built. He has a statue of gold built, because that makes sense. Like Daniel's like, hey, there's going to be a statue that's going to be crushed. King Nebuchadnezzar says, I must have one. And so he has this, this statue built made of gold that he, that he wants people to praise and worship. So he, he gathers at, at this big dedication, he gathers like the, the officials, all, all the people that are running the, the Babylon, and then he has... Somebody, he has this herald make this decree. It says that you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, which I don't even know what that is, harp, bagpipe, I know what that is, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Then the herald says this. He says this. He says, and whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace which as if there's another kind of fiery furnace it's a burning one that's just one of my favorite little details it's just it's just funny so here's what happens though so this decree is made this herald declares that everyone's to worship anytime there's music you worship this statue and if you don't you're going to be thrown into a furnace so these chaldeans turns out they don't like our friends shadrach meshach and abednego and so they go to the king nebuchadnezzar and say hey king I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you know those three guys? They're not, they're not worshiping you. They're not, they're not praising your gods. They're not bowing down, down to the image. And so the king gets, he gets mad. He gets frustrated. But instead of sending him straight to the furnace, he has these three brought to him. He has these three brought to him, and he essentially gives them another opportunity, a chance to bow down to worship this image. But this is what they say. 
And this is coming from Daniel 3, 16, 17, 18. It says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So here's our first truth tonight. It's that God is glorified when he delivers and when he doesn't. You see, that, so, so Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they look King Nebuchadnezzar in the eye. They're essentially staring down death. And he said, we're not going to worship this image. We're not going to praise this image. You see, we, we serve the God who has authority over all. We, we, we serve the God who is who, the God of heavens and earth, the God who is, is a, a redeeming God, a loving God, a gracious God. That's who we serve, and he's going to deliver us. And, and here's the thing, why not? Why would they not think this way? Because they had seen, right, they had seen God deliver, deliver them when, when they wanted to just eat veggies and water. They, they, were, they were fattened. They looked better in appearance. God delivered them. And they, they saw later on when God would deliver, when, when he revealed the mystery of the dream to their friend Daniel. They've seen God deliver over and over again to the point where, where they're like, why wouldn't he deliver us now? Why would he not deliver us? Here's my question for you. Do you trust God enough? Is your relationship with God strong enough where you believe that he would deliver you out of whatever situation you're in. About five and a half years ago, uh, a friend of mine uh, came up to me, he came up to Rip and, and some other friends that worked with us, and he asked us to pray. He asked us to pray for him. A little background, he had been arrested in, in 2000, and he was a convicted felon. He spent three years in prison. But while he was in prison, he prayed to receive Christ. He became a Christian while he was in prison. When he left prison, he, he left prison a new creation, but he was still on probation. I rhymed on purpose. You're welcome for that. But he was still on probation. And so what, what happened was he, he got a job here at Perimeter Church, because we're an incredible church, a gracious church. And he met a beautiful woman that he fell in love with, and he got married. And soon after they were married, they felt called to have children. But after a couple of years, they couldn't. They couldn't have kids. The doctors told them they may not be able to conceive. That might not happen. And so then they went to the next thing, and, and they tried adoption. They're like, well, if we can't have a kid, we'll, we'll adopt. But because he was a convicted felon, because he was on probation, every application that they had, for, uh, just it never left the front desk of an adoption agency. Because it, you can't adopt if you're a convicted felon. But they still believed that God would deliver and so my, my buddy came to us and said, hey, would you pray? And so we did. We prayed, and we prayed boldly. We prayed that not only would God deliver them a child at some point, but he would deliver them a, a child that year. So, so fast forward a few months. I'm upstairs. I'm in my office. And, and by office, I mean desk. And, and I'm sitting there, and I get a phone call from my buddy. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like, good. He goes, you remember that, remember that time when, when we were all praying for for, for me and my wife to have a kid. I said, of course, man. I was like, I'm, I'm still, we're still praying for you. He's like, my wife's pregnant. Wife's pregnant. They weren't supposed to have kids. And now they, today they have two. 
They have two kids. They believed, they trusted that God would deliver. And he did. But here's the thing, here's the question. What if he hadn't? What if he hadn't delivered? I think for us, that's the question that we so often ask. The reason that we don't trust that God will deliver is because we wonder, what happens if he doesn't? I heard somebody say recently that the reason that they they don't pray is because they're, they're scared of the fact that he may not deliver what was asked. And that's fair. And, and here's the thing. Here's, what, here's how Sh- uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they respond. It says in the verse, but if not. So right after they say, God will deliver. God will deliver us from death. He'll deliver us from this furnace. They say right after, but if not. If not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. They believed that God would deliver them from, from the king, that he would deliver them from death. But they also recognized that, that he didn't have to. That there was a chance that he wouldn't. And here's the truth for us that we need to know. Is that there's a chance that, that we may be called to suffer. That we will struggle. We will have trials in our life. We're called as Christians to be persecuted. So what do we do? For me, I go to 1 Peter 4.12 and 13. It's, it's a truth that I hang on. And here's what it says. It says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Just like our, our three friends, we shouldn't be surprised when the fiery trial is, is coming, because it is. At some point, that trial will come. It might come in the form of a bad breakup. It might come in the form of, of you failing a test. It might come in the form of you losing a loved one. But this verse says that we're called to rejoice. But how? How can we rejoice when these bad things happen? How, how do we rejoice in that? We rejoice in that we share in Christ's sufferings. Because Christ came down. He left perfection. He left perfection to come down here. Where it's anything but perfection. He came here. He left perfection to, to be here. And he suffered. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was spat on. He was betrayed. He died. Christ suffered so that we may rejoice with him in that suffering. Because here's the truth, that Christ, in his glory, joins us in the fiery trial. He comes down and joins us in the fiery trial. He joins us in the suffering. Here's what that looks like for, for, for uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and the three friends. Because he's so furious at them. He, he has Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, he has them taken to the furnace, and he's so angry that he doesn't just throw them in the furnace. He has it turned up seven times the normal temperature. It's so hot that that the guards who bring them to the furnace, they are killed. The guards are killed by how hot it is in there. And then it says this, though. I love this in, in verse 24 and 25. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. 
and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. The king looks down and he sees two miracles. The first one is that these three men aren't dead. They're not burning. They're walking. The second miracle is that he sees a fourth man that he describes as, as someone that looks like the son of the gods. We believe that that fourth man was the son of God. That Jesus was in the fiery furnace with them. And like them, he joins us in the fiery trials. So we can rejoice because just like Jesus is there with those three guys, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he is there with us in it as well. And because he is in it, because he comes down and joins us in the fire, Jesus himself is glorified. Jesus is glorified in this trial. God is glorified because Jesus Christ is glory. Jesus is glory. And it's in his glory that we're saved. It's by his grace that we get to live in eternal glory. And because Christ is glory, here's our call. Here's our call to action. We are called to reflect God's glory. See, there's one way to reflect God's glory. Because Christ is glory, we have to be with Christ. We have to have a relationship with Christ. We have to be willing to stand right beside Christ. And here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing about the gospel is that God makes it easy for us to do that. Because he has sent his son down to be with us. He has sent sent his son down to die for us, so that he may be risen, so that we may be risen with him, so that we can stand with him in eternity. And it's in that glory, it's in his, his glory that we can then reflect it. When, when we are with him, when we stand with Christ, when we recognize that we are with the Son of God, we, we reflect his glory in such a way that others begin to see his light through us. I'm going to try not to blind y'all. <laughs> but I want y'all to see this truth. That, that when we stand in glory with God, that his light shines through us. And that, and that people are drawn to that light. They see God's glory through us because we stand with him, because we reflect God's glory. You see, right after, the, right after the, the, the King Nebuchadnezzar sees that the three guys are standing with the fourth and they're not dead, he says this. It says, he, says that, he, he says this to them. He says, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. You see, we're, we're surrounded by the darkness in this world. Our, our friends, our peers are surrounded by the darkness. They're surrounded by, by the fiery trials that are going on. We are called to stand confidently in his glory, to reflect that glory into the world. That's our call. Our call is to reflect that glory so that people will see it. Because when you stand with Christ, when you are in a relationship with Jesus, you can't help 
you can't help but reflect his glory. And people can't help but go towards it. And that's my challenge to you today and really forever. Will you this week, will you live your life, will it be uncompromising? And will you reflect God's glory? One of the best ways to do that is to invite people into it. November 7th, uh, on Wednesday, right in here, we're having wash. We're not having it upstairs in the shed. We're having it right here. And we want to encourage you to invite your friends. We want to encourage you to invite your friends who don't know Jesus to come because we want this to become a place that is welcoming, where where people will come and, and know that they are loved, where they'll come and be known. And the gospel is going to be presented in such a beautiful and powerful, powerful way that we believe that lives will be changed. And we want you to be a part of that. We want you to invite your friends into that. We want you to reflect God's glory by inviting people into it. That's my challenge for you today, to invite people on November 7th, on Wednesday, to come right here. You'll hear more details about it in just a second. But if, if you hear that and you're scared that you don't want to invite people, that you, you think that you're alone in this, let me encourage you that you're not. You're not alone because, one, Jesus stands with you. And then, two, you've got a family right here at Watershed who's going to stand with you, too. If you're in a D group, you have, you have brothers and sisters who, who spend each week getting to know you and loving you, who want to be with you, to encourage you, to push you. Your D group will be there alongside you. If you're not in a D group, if you're in here and you're not in one, please see Jimmy or Kate right after this so that we can plug you in one because we believe that's where life happens. Your D group leaders are called to stand alongside you. That's why they're here. They, they give up a Sunday night because they want to be with you and stand alongside you as you reflect God's glory. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you join us in the fiery trial. Jesus, thank you that you are with us, that you love us, and that in your glory we get eternal glory, and that we can reflect that, and we can drop mirrors, and they don't break. Jesus, we love you. Praise your name. Amen.